Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. The amazing idea that God can make a bad person good. And it it wasn't planned, but the song that we just sang, Amazing Grace, do you know the story behind it? It was written by John Newton, I think in the 1700s. He was involved as a sailor in the slave trade, and he was a reprobate. So bad, nobody liked him, nobody on the ship. And he got, as I understand it, sold into slavery himself, almost died at sea. I mean, he was living a horrible life, and then he got saved. And he became a preacher in England, and he wrote Amazing Grace. Saved a wretch like me. And it's a wonderful story of how God can take bad people and make them good. I mean, God does it. And if you start thinking about that, as I did in preparation for this, it's nothing short of astounding. And the Bible says that, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Focus on verse number 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. You know, we live in tumultuous times. I mean... I've never seen anything like it in, in politics. And, and, and there's a lot at stake here right now. So I've been studying a lot, a whole lot. I, I have been studying everything from Nietzsche to Freud to uh, Adam Smith. Maybe you don't even know some of those names. Uh, it, it, and I've studied the, the, the French Revolution, the, the uh, Russian Revolution, I've Stalin, uh, Mao, and in, in the, in the Chinese Revolution. I've been studying economics. You're hearing a lot of people talking about uh, socialism. Folks, you need to study that. You need to study it for yourself. Study it. Okay, don't, don't just have an emotional opinion, and don't just, you know, take it for granted that that's going to help everybody. It's not. Okay? That's not a political statement. That's an economic statement I'm making. I, I've been doing my homework. I mean, I get up early, and that's what I've been doing from 4 to 6. I I can't tell you how many lectures I've listened to, how many documentaries I I have watched. But the thing about it is, people can really be bad. I mean, really, Stalin. And, 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 And in those kinds of socialistic countries, and there's a reason for this, it seems like the, the, the baddest dudes, if you will, end up on top. Whether it's Stalin, or Robespierre in the, in the French Revolution, or Mao in the Chinese Revolution, the most vicious you know, people end up on top. There's a difference between a saved individual and an unsaved individual. 
And they don't have to be as vicious as Stalin for that difference to be evident. We all have family and friends and neighbors and people that we love, that we appreciate. But they're, they're, they're a different human being. And I don't mean that in a condescending, ugly kind of way. But, but listen what it says in verse number 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. You're, you're different. Which means lost people aren't. They're still the way they're... There is a real and significant difference between a truly born-again individual and a lost individual. Doesn't mean that all lost people are as wicked as they can be. We're going to cover that in a second. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that some lost people can't be really good people. They can be. They can be moral people. And that doesn't mean that all Christians, and we know this, aren't all angels. But there is a difference. And and if you believe the Bible as I do, if you take it at face value as I do, verse number 17 says that, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. He's not like he was, and he's not like all lost people still are. It's because of Christ. It's amazing that Christ can make that difference. I read this about John Bunyan, history is full of memorable conversion stories, and it would be good to learn a few of them. This writer says, one of my personal favorites is John Bunyan, the 17th century Baptist preacher and author of the bestseller, The Pilgrim's Progress, which I think has sold, the only book that has sold more copies through history than Pilgrim's Progress is the Bible. His autobiography, Grace Abounding to the Chief of Sinners, has been called one of the greatest autobiographies ever written. Grace Abounding is Bunyan's personal testimony. His unfailing honesty grips the reader as he describes his life before conversion. Bunyan is unsparing on himself, writing that he was such a horrid blasphemer that even notoriously wicked people were fearful to associate with him. And he got saved, and he became a new creature. And he ended up writing Pilgrim's Progress. Such is the case with one of the best-known figures in all of the Bible. And I want us to look at his life. I want you to turn now to Luke chapter 19. And we're going to read about Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. How's the rest of the song go? Help me, Sharon. Somebody, Sandy, you got it. Sing it, Sandy. Zacchaeus was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. Climbed up in us. For the Lord he wanted to see. Oh, there's... Bonnie's got it. He climbed up in a sycamore tree. I always liked that little song, and I like that Bible story, because I grew up on, at 4135 Sycamore Street in, uh, in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Let's not think of Zacchaeus as, as a, just a children's song. Let's think about what happened to him. And I want you to focus on the fact, and this is what struck me as I was preparing this. It was the encounter with Jesus that made the difference. It changed this man. Jesus changed his life 
for the better. You know the story, but let's look at it. Verse number 1, Luke chapter 19. Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, which was the chief among the publicans, and he was rich. And he sought to see Jesus, who he was, and could not for the press, because he was little of stature. And he ran before and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him, and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste, come down, for today I must abide at thy house. And, good for him, he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. And when they saw it, the crowd, they all murmured, saying that he was going to be a guest with a man that is a sinner. Zacchaeus stood and said unto the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have taken anything from any man by false accusation, I restore him fourfold. Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for as much as he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Let's consider for a moment this evening where Zacchaeus starts and where Zacchaeus ends in this brief story. If you look in verse number 2, He is described as a publican. He was hated by his fellow Jews because publican, he was a tax collector. Collecting taxes for the occupiers of their country who were hated, that of course would be the Romans. And he was willing to sell out to make money. He was willing to sell his people out to give to the Romans who were hated and despised. And so when we see This man initially, he is a publican. It also said in verse number 2 that he was rich. How do you get rich? By cheating people, extorting people, collecting more taxes than he should and only giving some of it to the Roman authorities and padding his pocket with the rest of them. He was rich. So he was a despised, rich tax collector. And in verse number 7, when the people saw that he was going to, or that, or that Jesus was going to his house, how did they describe in verse number 7? They said, they didn't say he's going to eat with, with Zacchaeus. You go back and look at verse number 7, their, their description, the way they thought of Zacchaeus was, they said, he's going to eat with a sinner. I mean, that was his reputation. That's how people thought of him. I mean, consider that. What, what made him that way? No doubt, if you just use logic, for him to be that way, for him to be a, a, a tax collector collecting money for the enemy, making himself rich by padding his own pockets, and being despised by the people as a sinner, that tells you some things about that man. It tells you some things about his character or lack thereof. <coughs> he had to be selfish. The Bible doesn't say it, but... You know, how, how, you got to be selfish to do what he did. To extort people, to play into the enemy's hands. He was obviously also dishonest, very dishonest. And apparently, 
didn't care one whit about what anybody thought. Because he just kept doing it. I mean, this guy is without any ethics, without any morality. This is a bad person. Now, he's a publican. He's a He's rich because he's extorting people. He is despised as a sinner. We can obviously conclude then he had to be selfish. He had to be dishonest. He had to be uncaring about what anybody thought. Now what's behind that? Let's dig a little deeper. It's his worldview. It's how he sees himself. It's how he sees the world. That man at that time, before he met Christ as his Savior, had no regard for God. Couldn't have had. No regard regard for God calling the shots in his life. He was calling the shots in his life. Nothing to restrain his passions, or, or his desires, or his sinful nature. He is buying into the same worldview that all lost people have to buy into. That I'll do my own thing. And you hear that today. You'll you'll hear so many lost people say, well, it it doesn't work for me, but it works for you, so okay. Everybody becomes a god unto themselves. That's really hard sometimes for us Christians to understand. I mean, we're so used to knowing that, hey, God's calling the shots, and this is the rule book right here. And I believe that. I mean, I really believe, not that I always get it right, but I... what, what, said, what is said in here is the way I ought to live my life. Okay, I, I really believe, and it's in my best interest to do that. This is calling shots. God is calling shots through this. For Zacchaeus and all other lost people then and now, that's not the case. Do you understand that? They are calling the shot. They have become a god unto themselves. You need to understand. That is their, their worldview. They... they They have their own. I talked about this a few Sundays ago. It's a man-made morality. They decide what morality is going to be. And by the way, somebody else I've been studying the last few months is is Charles Darwin. You know, Charles Darwin determined that, hey, God didn't create anything. Big Bang got us here, and, you know, we've just evolved from apes and whatever. And, you know, when you believe that, how do you account people that do not believe in God? People who believe in Darwinism. And Darwinism gives birth to social Darwinism. It's applying Darwin's beliefs to society. Social Darwinists just believe that you are the way you are because of the chemicals in your brain. If an atheist is standing up here, he just believes we're all here with the chemicals in our brain. Or genetics or our environment makes us the way we are. It's hard for us believers to understand that. And that's a very dangerous position to take. Because social Darwinism, Hitler claimed it to to justify what he was doing. You know, survival of the fittest. Germans are better than everybody else. If we kill off all the Jews, hey, strong lions eat up weak lions. And I know that's hard to believe, and don't think I'm off on a tangent. This is factual, what I'm sharing with you. Zacchaeus is in that world. Every lost person you and I know is in that world. They are not a new creature. Now, that doesn't mean that every lost person is as bad as they can possibly be. 
But they have no moral argument against those who are as bad as they can be. They have no argument against, oh, well, it works for you, doesn't work for you. That's a problem. That was Zacchaeus. That, you know, God, one thing we do share with lost people is God gives us all a conscience. And that's one of the reasons that some lost people can be good. And there are some good lost people. You've got good neighbors that are lost. I do. I've got some great neighbors. I'm glad they're my neighbor, but they're lost. But they're not a new creature. But they have no moral compass, and they have no moral say that, that somebody like Hitler is wrong. They, they cannot argue that on any basis whatsoever. And that's where Zacchaeus was. He was, he was not a new creature. And we need, to, we need to understand that. And again, in our modern day society, it was Charles Darwin that, that opened the door. And a guy like Sigmund Freud, you talk about a weird dude. I, I st- that man was, was freaked out weird. And yet lost people fell for what he was teaching. If, if I told you, I called Jamie in my office the other day. I said, listen to this lecture about Freud. And it was a factual lecture. Guys just giving the facts about what he believed, what he taught. You know, and I just started laughing. I said, how could a person buy that? His explanation for why people do what they do. And yet he's one of the most influential figures in the 1800s, the 19th century, and Darwin. Those, those people influenced the world. And again, this isn't a stretch. They're of the same mindset as Zacchaeus was, and as every lost person is. The problem with the conscience is we're born with a conscience, but what does the Bible tell you about a conscience? It can be seared, can't it? It, it, it can be it can be abused. You you can you can if you're a lost person, you you can get to the point where you have no conscience. I mean, you'd have to be that way to murder somebody, or to murder six million Jews. And again, that is the state of all lost people. And again, I want to make it very clear: not all people are equal to Hitler. No way. But they have no argument against Hitler. If, if you really think about it, they have no argument. They say, well, that's wrong what Hitler did. Based on what? He didn't think so. Oh, well, I can say he's wrong because God says so. Amen? Am I getting too deep on a Wednesday night? <laughs> I don't think so. But that's where, okay, that, what I want you to understand is that's where Zacchaeus was. That's how Zacchaeus could do what he was doing. He, he wasn't thinking about God. He had no guilt. He, you know, his conscience obviously was, whatever he had was obviously seared. He didn't care. But then he met Jesus. Then he met Jesus. We know where he started. We know what kind of worldview he had. All lost people have the same worldview. By that, they just believe it's up to you. You can decide for yourself. It's called, remember, situational ethics? That's a worldview of lost people. In this situation, I can determine that this is right, this is wrong, but you can't determine it for me. You think it's wrong, I think it's right. You hear that all the time today. That's where Zacchaeus was. But where did he end? In the end, he's calling Jesus Lord. 
in the end, he says, I'm going to give half of what I have to the poor. In the end, he tells to Jesus, those people that I have cheated, go back and read it. He says, I'm going to go back and give to them four times what I took from them. What an amazing transformation. I mean, he, he, he goes from being selfish and dishonest and uncaring about what anybody thinks, and now through these actions we know that he's now humble. He's now honest. He's now generous. The Bible says once we get saved, we are a new creature. He has had this amazing transformation. Before, his worldview was there is no God, and I can call the shots. His worldview now is quite different, and he's been influenced by the reception of the Holy Spirit now that he is saved, and now he is answering to God. His worldview is diametrically opposed to where it was. He has gone through this remarkable change. He's not calling the shots anymore. He is now embracing biblical ethics and biblical morality. Jesus is calling the shots. He's accepted the constraints on his life that comes from God's Word and the direction from the Bible that promised him a better life. Today, we would say, rather than social Darwinism, he is accepting what many would call today the Judeo-Christian ethic. Guided not from within by his own desires, his own passions, but now he's guided from without. Through Jesus Christ and the Word in his heart and in his life. I mentioned that People that are lost, they're not all bad. No, they're not. They're good people. But they're in the same category as all other lost people, which includes bad people, really bad people, for which they really don't have an argument. You say, well, they're hurting people, and that just makes it wrong. Not according to them. And it's just my feelings against your feelings. It's my chemicals in my brain against your chemicals in your brain. There's no outside creator God in control of everything. Now Zacchaeus has got the mindset of the Apostle Paul. Now he's in the same frame of mind as John the Baptist and all the other fantastic Bible characters whose lives were equally changed. What was the difference? And here's... Here's the main takeaway tonight. What was the difference? Jesus Christ. Think about that for a second. His meeting with Jesus, his coming to Jesus, changed everything. His worldview, how he thought, how he felt, his his now understanding of right and wrong, which he did not have before. That is a magnificent, awesome, and deep inner change. It changed him from the inside out. How he felt, what he thought, what was guiding him. He's now answering to God. He's not his own God. And it's just through Christ. Through coming to know Christ as his Savior. Uh, And the difference was Jesus. 
Jesus sought him. In verse number 5, And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said unto him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must abide at thy house. Jesus sought him, and then Jesus saved him. Because down in verse number 9, And Jesus said unto him, This day is salvation come to this house, for so much as he also is a son of Abraham. Think about the power of Christ in this sin-cursed world. When things seem to be spinning out of control and the country that we've known and loved seems to be being ripped apart at its very core and people are proposing things that weren't even thinkable. And and wasn't it this week that someone uh, tried to uh, get through the Senate a thing that you would protect children that are born from being, you know... uh, killed after they're born, and senators voted it down? They voted it down to save children that are actually born, that escaped the, the scalpel or whatever they do, however horrible that is. They voted it. See, that's, that's the country we're living in today. So, the encouraging word is Jesus. Has he affected you? As he has affected me, Jesus can make all the difference in the world. And again, let's look at it the opposite way. We, I, I've said very carefully and on purpose that not everybody that's lost is as bad as they can be. And one of the reasons for that, the Bible tells us, we're born with a conscience. Okay, but that doesn't save us, but that does give us a moral compass. But that moral compass can be just done away with, which is very evident. Study the Russian Revolution. Study, you know, the French Revolution. Study, you know, the, the Chinese Revolution. You just, just study them, and, and you can see that, that man can just dull his conscience or, or work it all the way. So they're not all as bad as they can be. And I know that Christians, every Christian, isn't as good as he can be. But just like, just like the lost person who isn't as bad as he can't be, can't argue against somebody who is, on the flip side of that, the person who is saved but it, who, who still has his issues and isn't as good as he can be has the hope of being that way, has the hope of improving, has the hope of growing, has, has the hope of maturing in the Lord. He is in that realm now. He's living in that new world. He is a new creature in Christ. And it's Christ that makes the difference. And just like Christ made a difference 2,000 years ago when Zacchaeus climbed up in that sycamore tree, he's made the difference in each of our lives. I, I, as far as I know, everybody here tonight is saved. I sure hope so. So it's, it still works. And what, what is the difference? I mean, we should all just go home tonight so happy, so joyful that we're saved, that we are a new creature in Christ. No, none of us are perfect. No, Paul wasn't perfect. He'd be the first to tell you, but we're not who we once were. So what's the practical application? Three things. Number one, let, us, let it remind us that Jesus is amazing. That an encounter with a man can change everything. Not only your eternity, but your here and now. The way you think, the way you operate. 
Your worldview is no longer secular and humanistic. Your worldview is no longer, there is no God, we're here by accident. We're no different than the chimpanzees. In fact, we're related to the chimpanzees. We have no moral compass. We have no hope. You know, we we just live in this empty, we're here by accident. What a horrible thought. That's the world of the lost, and that's why they struggle and do everything. But an encounter with Jesus... The only, the only way, the only reason any of us in this room, like Zacchaeus, we can relate. Zacchaeus will, will relate to us. We'll, we'll see him in heaven. We can talk about it. Is that each of us have had an encounter with Jesus. He may have spoken to you through a tract that you read. He may have spoken to you through a parent that you know, taught you about Jesus. He may have spoken to you through a faithful Sunday school teacher. He may have spoken to you through a pastor in a pulpit. But it was an encounter. Not necessarily with that pastor or with that parent, but the Lord working through them as he does today. So we need to leave tonight thinking, how amazing is that? Because we're so different now, it's hard for us to imagine. How can a Stalin think like he does? How, how, did? How, 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 can, how can a Hitler think like he like he did you know how is that even possible that that's so foreign to us and it's because we've had an encounter with jesus so we we need to go away tonight realizing how amazing jesus christ is number two we need to do everything in our power to get people to jesus so that they can experience it as well we need to do everything in our power through prayer through tracts through witness through through invitation to church so that somebody else can have that same encounter like Zacchaeus had and like you and I have had. And then lastly, we need to be grateful. Grateful to God. You and I weren't up in a sycamore tree. but We've got our own story. Every person in this room has their story. You came to Jesus in your unique way may not have the pizzazz of Zacchaeus up in a tree, but it has your pizzazz. Each of us coming to Jesus with our own story and him changing us fundamentally. We need to be grateful. He's worthy of the honor, the glory, and the praise. He's worthy of our service and sacrifice for him. He is worthy of our faithfulness and commitment to him. Every person in this room has their Zacchaeus story. And you are who you are today, thankfully. You are a new creature in Christ. Oh, we still have our struggles. I sure do. I assume everybody else does. I'm not perfect, but I am saved. I am born again through my encounter with Jesus Christ as a small boy down in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And each of you have your stories. Not up in a sycamore tree, but maybe kneeling by your bed one night. Maybe it was walking an aisle one day. Be thankful for that. Be amazed that that encounter with Jesus did that.
stop for a minute and think about it. I did that. As I was preparing this message, it just hit me. Your encounter with Christ made all the difference in the world. All the difference in the world. So be amazed. Let's do our part to lead others and bring them into contact with Christ. And may we go home tonight extremely grateful. No, we're not as good as we can be. But we're better than what we used to be, and we owe it all, we owe it all to our encounter with Jesus. Every one of us had a, a sycamore tree experience of some sort. Let's pray. Let's stand. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.